GMO, the way we belong You're doing too much, nobody ever asked for Lock down and a digital passport Meanwhile, the gas is five dollars If you're ready for a revolution, holla! Fifteen days, it feels like eternity How many ways these politicians burning me? Shuts me down when I'm about to blow up Dojo Radio is designed to look at the human journey through the hero's journey story model and the many archetypes we associate with. Recently, I ran across a book from David Gandelman entitled The Seven Energies of the Soul, exploring the creator, the healer, the warrior, artist, lover, explorer, and master. came out on, interestingly, in 222, 22 And so... It really feels like it embodies kind of the, the model that I'm going for. So I wanted to start off with a quote from one of the masters I've learned with, Sifu Xian Ming. Before I was born, who was I? After I am born, who am I? Respect yourself. Everybody will respect you. Understand yourself. Everybody will understand you. There are mirrors all around you. Strive to see and understand yourself. Strive to have the heart of a Buddha. Bad things. Only do good things. Do whatever you can to help others. In these ways, you help yourself. Help yourself and help the world. I'm a tufo. Um, today we have Jim Gale on the show, the creator of Food Forest Abundance, and just a huge inspiration to me. Um, welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Christopher. It's a wonderful, um, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm very thankful that you had me on. Absolutely. Um, all, all, all is just full disclosure. I, I have been involved with Food Forest Abundance and just loving what you guys are doing and looking for the best way that I can get involved. And for me, that's been starting this new journey of, of podcasting and sharing with people uh, what I'm learning I've caught you on a number of episodes from Alpha Vedic to Tinfoil Hat and just super inspirational. I just love your story. And I want other people to go and find, you know, what you've said there and your story and you've said that and, and it's resonated so much with me. So I just wanted to jump into kind of like the meat of it and, and kind of talk about here on, on Dojo Radio, we focus on health, homesteading and human development. So wanted to kind of like help people kind of understand, you know, your story as far as developing your ideas and your journey and kind of how you, you got inspired to do it, what you did. Do you have any advice for people who they want to start something or they want to get started with food for us, but they're just having trouble getting traction? Yes. Well, anybody who wants to get started with anything, the start of everything real, everything that is kind of resonates with source and with abundance and wellness and joy starts in the heart and your quotes at the beginning were right on the money. So it was about when I was 15 years old, I had heard the term enlightenment and I never really heard that concept before. And the moment I heard it and started to understand what it meant, I took mm -hmm. a deep breath and I said, my goal is to be enlightened. 
Mm. And since then, there have been several times in which I cursed that goal <laughs> because I've went through the process like a diamond getting um, polished and, and, and the pressures and the different things that I've committed to in life. Some of those things, well, all of those things have led to where I am now. And right now, I would not change a thing. But the process of growing and letting go of the belief systems, letting go of the programming, mm -hmm. it's an amazing process. And once we understand the value of it, there's no other process that's more important. Because what it is, is, is developing our awareness, which is equates to our consciousness, our ability to have more choices in any given context or circumstance is what leads to a better life. So my goal is to allow my mind to relax and allow the messages to come through that allow for the best life. And as a foundation of this, um, there was a, a TV show movie a while back called A Beautiful Mind. Mm -hmm. And it was about the life story of John Nash. John Nash created what's called the Nash Equilibrium. He didn't create it, actually. He just simply spoke it out loud. He was the first person to write it down in a mathematical equation. Mm. Equilibrium is the most simple and logical concept <laughs> as, as a foundation of human society. It is do what's best for yourself and others. Nice. And that is the foundation of freedom and health and abundance and ethics on a global scale. And I will unpack that a little bit. Previous to John Nash, there was a guy named Adam Smith who, who modern economic theory for 150 years was dictated by his theory. Every individual should do what's best for himself and that will create a good economy. Well, what that did is it forgot to mention this idea that ethics is what's best for self. Mm. When we operate in a framework of service, of gratitude, of wellness, of wholeness, in a way that's regenerative and abundant, then that's actually best for us. So that's what John Nash added to Adam Smith's um, previous principle. When we add and others to that, mm. then it eliminates criminality and insanity. So would you say that that's where you derive your inspiration or belief is helping others? Service to others is the ultimate benefit to ourselves. When we realize that and when we live with that in our heart, then our lives become absolutely phenomenal. And it's the people that are trying to gain this, game the system, that are trying to figure out a way around service to others. And most of this, if not all of it, is programmed BS. And I like the BS is mm. the three BS is the belief systems, the bad science and the bullshit okay. that comes to us from media and from the people who have risen to power by way of violence and force. Mm. When we start seeing clearly where the pain and the suffering of our society is derived from, where is the catalyst for this? then we can, then that's the problem. And then in permaculture, we say, okay, if that's the problem, what's the solution? And the solution is service that's also beneficial to ourselves. Hmm.
you know, I love your story with uh, your interaction with Del Bigtree and kind of like the kind of the founding story or kind of how you kind of propelled your food forest idea into the world. Can you talk about your beliefs about that or that creating synchronicities in your life? Oh, the synchronicities have been incredible once I gave up the fear. Um, mm. So a, a little backstory. Um, grew up in Minnesota. They call me nature boy. I absolutely love everything about nature and our living system and people. Um, I graduated from college, moved to Hawaii for four years and, and worked in the bar industry, had a blast. Then I got a backpack and I moved to Surfer's Paradise, Australia. Mm. And I uh, was by myself and I bought a car in Sydney at first and I started driving on the left side of the other side of the road and I just started driving north until I, I stopped at a bunch of different towns and then I stopped at this town. I'm like, ah, oh, this one feels good. So I stopped there. And when I, I was living in these youth hostels and I told the people there that were also tourists, I said, I'm going to get a job here on the beach. And they said, no, you're not. There's That's impossible. And I always laugh when people say that. Uh, my wrestling coach made that implication after I wrote my goals. And he said, oh, these goals are kind of lofty, don't you think? <laughs> I had written that I wanted to be a national yeah. champion. And, and yeah. uh, so anyway, I got a job within a day and I lived there. And during the days, I would go to Bond University and I would study the greats, the people in history that have changed the world. Mm. And I spent four months every day. And then I'd go to do my bartend job at night and go back in the, in the, in the day. And I wrote my goals for the second time in my life. And I said, I want to have $3 million in three years. And I had a bartending experience and a teaching degree. So when I got home, my roommates laughed at me and they said, that's impossible. Well, three and a half years later, a company did $1.3 billion in sales. Um, and so I made about $20 million. And then I moved to Costa Rica and I found out that we are destroying our planet on multiple levels. And I'm an optimist, right. but I went through a period of suffering, a period of cognitive dissonance where, where I did not see a path to any solution. Now, the reason that was more stressful than anything is because I had my first two daughters at that time. And I could not imagine a world for them to live in that was like the world I grew up in, which was just fun and joyful and nature filled. Yeah. And so I went down the rabbit hole. I studied all the problems for years. And it actually took me quite, quite a few years before I realized, I saw through my real eyes that we are more than this physical reality. Like mm. you said, every direction is a mirror. And I started looking at the world from a place of faith and courage. And I did this intentionally. This was a year ago. I wrote Del Bigtree a speech. I said, Del, I, I went to see him in Stanford. I said, Del, I've got something for you. I want to share this with you. And he read it and he said, Jim, you've got something here. Um, I'd like to have you on my show. Mm. And that was the start. That was 10 months ago when the show aired. And that was the start of massive synchronicities every day, things that are way beyond any kind of logic. There's something absolutely epic, divine, magical, whatever you call it. There's something going on that's bigger than our comprehension. And I'll frame it with my favorite quote. There's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. Mm. Food forest abundance. And this idea of permaculture and self-reliance is that idea.
Oh man, absolutely. I mean, I was drawn to it uh, immediately. Um, I feel like I'm already a part of this, this wave of people who are looking to exit the city and start homesteading and being self-sufficient. Um, you paint a picture of ease in daily life. Can you speak to why permaculture and why your system is going to help people? Because as you know, I work on a farm and it's, it's hard work and it's not as hard as it was during the pioneer days. Um, we have modern things that help us, but how does, how does your vision of permaculture create more of a sense of, of ease? So the permaculture science started with Bill Molson and David Holmgren, and then Jeff Lawton has become an epic global, globally known advocate. And then millions of people have learned the science of permaculture around the world. Right. And so I what I my piece of the puzzle is to ethically do everything I possibly can to spread the message of what I know as a fact, as a demonstrable fact to be the simplest way forward for peace on Earth, for ending world hunger, for reversing mass extinction and deforestation. In mm. fact, Bill Molson, one of my favorite other quotes is, Though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, there's 40 to 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. When we turn half of the lawn, which takes more poisons, more human resources than any other crop and does not provide food. When we turn half of that into edible regenerative landscapes, perennial landscapes, then it's less maintenance than a lawn. And you can go out if you're in Florida. In fact, you, you talked about farming. Mm -hmm. You know, farming, the way it's done right now, it, Bill Molson also said, is the most destructive teaching in the history of our society. It's absolutely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. not based on natural systems, monocultures and poisons. My, so I, I live on a 52-acre. I'm moving to Gulf Landing, our 52-acre off-grid luxury community on a private lake. We've right. got thousands of feet of centropic agroforestry, which is just a fancy way to say rows of a diversity of food. Yeah. And we put them in the ground. We don't do any maintenance and there's food growing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll back up my story a little bit with, you know, we are a regenerative organic farm that, you know, focuses on rotational grazing and has a lot of, you know, out, you know, cutting edge, cutting edge old school technology. Um, but I, I'm just fascinated with what you're talking about in, in, in developing um, maybe ways of feeding your animals, creating forage, um, things that are sustainable based on not being reliant on the bigger system of, um, of forage, of having supplemental forage for, for feeding animals. Because as you know, most of our food, even the highest quality food, you know, it is highly subsidized by, you know, governmental crops, even the organic ones. And so yeah. it seems a little, it, it, you can get a little, go down a, a, a rabbit hole of black pill if you want to, as far as yeah. what, where we're going. How do you see that transition for people? Do you, well, do you feel like it's the, the consciousness shift, the idea that the, the, it's so simple everyone will get that right away or will there be like an amount of suffering that people have to go through? 
So first of all, I want to say what you're doing is absolutely one of the most important things anybody can do. And that's grow food for society, for our communities. There is a huge need. The food supply chain is in absolute trouble. The short term is in big trouble. The long term is done. Like we absolutely have to make the changes. But I, I'm going to change the word have to to get to because mm. it's a joyful process of transforming our lawns and our community centers and our parks and our school playgrounds on the edges, right? We're right. still going to have baseball. In fact, in, in my world, the vision of the world, we can have more golf courses, but the golf course fairways are going to be lined with food producing trees and berry bushes and, and flowers and beauty and joy, which is going to make the golfing experience infinitely better, yeah. right? I don't hate golf courses. I hate insanity, <laughs> right? So yeah. With what you're doing, that's what the world needs. We need more organic farmers using rotational grazing and using the techniques that you're teaching and showing the world. And then here's what's going to happen over time to, to answer your question is, is this going to be mass adopted? Absolutely, it is for sure, because it makes sense on every single level. When we plant a fruit tree along with a proper guild in the corner of our yard, that one fruit tree can provide the equivalent of a snack every single day of the year. Now, mm. of course, the yield is going to come probably in a two or three month period, but that can be dehydrated or canned or stored. Right. So now one fruit tree now take your backyard and put fruit trees all along the edges and berry bushes and roots and tubers and vines and grapevines and passionflower vines and all the different things that can go in your zone. Right. And this is where people don't know what they don't know and th that there are infinite amounts of food producing plants that you can plant. And, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that people are doing what they have kind of been programmed to do, even if they're doing the best or they're doing these newer yes. uh, Joel Salatin type ideas that they're so busy trying to survive and make an income and be in the black that um, you lose sight or don't feel like you have time to start adding in these other things. But it, it makes so much sense to just start where you're at and just start adding in new rows, new, new layers of perennials, new, yes. new ideas that you were, you new know, ideas, this year. Exactly. Go ahead. This year um, I'm the main, my main job here is a poultry manager. And so I'm looking at ways that I can supplement forage by growing different um, herbs. So like a protein, a normal protein ratio would be around uh, up to 17 to 20% for a meat bird. Uh -huh. And so we're looking at to cut costs because costs are already so high in the market, right? Yep. So to kind of supplement that, we would grow some different um, clover or forage that has a high amount of protein in it. And that way we can kind of save on, on the feed and kind of do something that's a little more sustainable as well as the rotational grazing. So the cows come in and they can eat the flies and that kind of stuff. But that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and what you're talking about is designing a system that has the highest yield for the lowest input. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. You can um, use azola or duckweed in water. And right. that duckweed is like 46% protein and it doubles in mass every three days with mm. the right system. You put some manure in the water and all of a sudden you've got a azola explosion. And that right there can be used as pig food and cow food and chicken food and soil amendment. It's, it's, it's amazing 
the resilience and abundance that nature provides when oh, yeah. we focus on design. So our company is everything starts with the design process. And the beauty of the permaculture network is everybody shares information. That's what we're all here to do is we're here to catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of the most logical and beneficial thing we could do on an individual, a family, a community, and a global level. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to pass it over to you. You know, like, what do you have that you feel like you're just burning to, to, to share with us? Well, we have designed our model for scaling this idea whose time has come to go global. We launched 10 months ago and we're now serving people in over 20 countries and almost every U.S. state. We went from three people 10 months ago to Laos. We're at about 350 people globally. And it's, I mean, talk about explosive growth. It's going, it's going absolutely awesome bonkers. We now are even launching a coin, a crypto called Topia. And it's the first coin that I know of in the world, the oh. first blockchain that is directly related and tied to food production, regenerative local agriculture. What is it called? Topia. Top Topia. Okay. Yes, not utopia or dystopia, but strictly <laughs> Topia, which means top. It is the most functional coin on the market, and it rewards abundance. It rewards generosity. It, it rewards all of the good things that a currency, in fact, it might make a lot of the other currencies completely irrelevant here in the near future. Um, and it will lead to a um, society of abundance. You know, in fact, we're, our business is a lot like a homeopathic doctor. In right. 20 years, we'll be done the demand for food forest design and installation um, will be lessened. But over the next, before that, it's the most incredible business model in the world because mm -hmm. it's the most needed business model in the world. It's, it's a landscaping business, except yeah. for it's a functional landscaping business where we design the food forest to fit custom. Every, everyone is custom. We start with what zone we're in, what agricultural zone, and that will tell us what plants work in that hardiness zone. Then we go to what does the customer want? What are the customer's visions and goals for their space, for their yard, right? And every customer gets to turn their yard into like a garden of Eden, an absolute paradise with more birds and more butterflies. And you could walk out and have massive amounts of food, more food than a family could ever eat once a food force is up and thriving. So our business model is actually that. It's, uh, it, we started out, um, I started out with this idea of franchising. I spent about a quarter million dollars getting all the franchise documents ready. And then at the end of the day, I had a 244 page FDD mm -hmm. and an 89 page operations manual. And it made me sick to my stomach. I threw the whole pile of shit in the trash because every <laughs> line represented control and security and all these things that aren't part of an abundant society. Yeah. Now we have a two page document and everything is focused on the voluntary exchange of value. Everything is voluntarism for us. We promote regenerative capitalism, and that's why our company is growing so fast and growing in all sorts of ways, pun intended. Mm. Um, 
Now, then the, the miraculous things that have come along with that, um, I, I've never been a big TV fan, but uh, I have had my favorite TV shows. And for 10 mm-hmm. years of my life, The Crocodile Hunter with Steve Irwin was yeah. my favorite show. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I cried when he died. And when the producer of The Crocodile Hunter and by saw the way, me, And yeah. by the way, Jim, my kids love uh, – his daughter like she's doing amazing things and just like like hit it's like the just his legacy you know yeah, just trans yeah. translates to like the next generations of just like just caring for the earth and i just i think that's what people are so drawn to him through yeah. and yeah. i think that's why people are drawn to you and and your system i'm sorry yeah. continue please oh thank you buddy um so yeah so when the crocodile hunter saw me speak on the highway, he called me up and he said, Jim, we would like to feature you as our next feature. You know, Steve Irwin, they, they mm-hmm. took Steve Irwin from uh, a tiny little zoo in Australia to the guy everybody in the world knew. And they, want, they say, we want to do the same thing with you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, great. That's my intention. Let's do it. Then two days later, I get a call from my favorite actor 10 years later, Adrian, out of from Entourage, the main star, Vincent Chase. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. So now we got my favorite TV show producer and my favorite actor 10 years later, and we finished a TV pilot. It's called The Land of Plenty. Right. And this is going to inspire millions of people around the world to grow food. Yeah, I and saw the trailer for that. Yeah. So when does that when does that come out? So we're actually um, a, a major network has offered us a deal. Um, they want to um, take it to the major network. However, um, we also have some more free speech platforms that are offering us um, uh, options. Yes. So we're looking at our options. Right. We are looking, we're going to get funding right now, um, $3 million. And that $3 million will do 10 episodes. And then we're going to use that because we are a big fan of regenerative capitalism, the voluntary exchange of value, whereas socialism and communism are rooted in force and violence. Right. Right. This idea of fair share is not at the point of a gun or with threats of imprisonment. Right. Right. Fair share is a voluntary act. So um, we're looking at, at using these platforms that are all about free speech and and this voluntarism so we will be probably within by the end of the month here march we'll have everything funded and we'll be going uh, around the world meeting with um superstars uh mel gibson and maybe joe rogan and maybe russell brand and several others and doing food forests in their yards and then they will share from their perspective what that means to them got it nice yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like when I saw it, I was like, because I've had this dream. It's like when you say an idea is ready to ready to come. I mean, I've obviously, you know, seeing this model, like I'm, I bought some land in a particular place and I um, have been designing my space. And um, but I've always I'm always left wondering, like, what am I going to do to while I'm there, like out, you know, off the grid to, to fund all, my dream? And so it just made so much sense if you can go out and help other people build their homesteads in small or large scale, whatever they need. And that would then translate to your own space in helping you build the skills as well as the the financial backing to make that happen and support your family. I think it's just like blew my mind. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And there's so many permaculturalists out there and gardeners and nature lovers that don't want to be behind a computer. So what we've done is we've created the foundation now. We've got so many people full-time that have different positions within the support system. Our mm -hmm. mission internally is to serve our cooperative partners. Our cooperative partners are the people that are out there in the field actually planting food. So we have different levels of support. The design is the most important because that's the IP. That's the permaculture profession of mm. designing these food forests into the landscape. And then we have installation support and marketing support and all these different things so that the, the co-op can just be out in the field doing design or doing yeah. installs. And I'll speak to that because I, I took it for a test drive. You know, I, I got in the seat and I, I kind of like felt it, you know, as got to hear some of the training and meet some of the people in the local area. And the thing that's great about you guys is you offer this, this guarantee, you know, if it's, if it's not right for you, you'll give your money back. And that's what you did for me. And it just, it really gave me the confidence to really explore, you know, what are my skills and what do I have the time for? So I was just really, I was really blown away by your, by your staff, you have, you know, the people in place, because I think that is a huge hurdle as far as if you want to get into it and the design aspect, you're down with so many things, but you have everything in place so that the entrepreneur can just jump in and kind of go at their own pace. Um, yes. Yes. Can you're you, right. Can, yeah. Can you talk about uh, some of the projects that people are doing now and how they're, how they're doing with them? Yes, we have about a hundred food forests going in the ground or in the process right now around the world. We've got food forests in Africa and Thailand and mountaintops in California and farms all over the place where we're doing even backyards in Poland and Minnesota. And it's, it's so exciting. It's, it's just amazing to see. And here's what's the most exciting about this is every one of these food forest customers are an advocate for freedom. They want to demonstrate their food forest to their networks and their families and their communities mm. as the solution to their own family's odds of getting cancer and diabetes and heart disease. Like what are the family's odds of getting those things when you eat one healthy homegrown meal a day or more? They go way down. way down. What are the odds of the life and the money savings and the joy and abundance that are going to be created on the property when we do these things? It's just epic. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that's our whole thing is to show people, to demonstrate that what we're talking about is not hypothetical. It's proven in every zone around the world. Now, the next step is doing it. So we inspire and empower this shift. Yeah. I'm all about the mindset, you know, I'm all yes. about, and I'm also, I'm also all about doing it. You know, I, I, I lived in Los Angeles for many years, grew up in California and I just had this super strong desire to get out of the city and live in the country and start a different career. I worked in health and nutrition before this and, and, but I had to kind of reinvent myself to, to see myself in a new space. I'm going to keep digging here a little bit. Do you have any more tips for people on creating that mindset? Um, who they don't, they just don't feel like they can see themselves doing that, but they really want to do that. Oh, big time. So a lot of people have fears that they're not aware of. So to flush out the fears, mm. the most, 
what I found to be the most effective is a lot of meditation. And I'm not talking about sitting cross-legged for an hour. I'm talking about five minutes, 20 times a day or five times a day, however much you can become aware. I do it constantly. Like every, yeah. every 20th or 100th breath is a new meditation, a very intentional. And, and by the way, what is meditation? People hear that word and they don't necessarily know what it means. Meditation to me is taking a few deep breaths, feeling my insides, feeling my body and my heart and my mind and my jaw and my eyes and my stomach and where, and feeling where the tightnesses are. Yeah. And once I do that, take that breath, I let go, I tighten up the area and then I let it go. And there's always a thought that created the tightness. There's always something there. And when I become aware of what that thought is, then I can deal directly with that thought. In fact, there's a book called Molecules of Emotion. I think it was mm -hmm. Candace Pert, an MIT gal, who actually studied and proved that the emotions, the unresolved emotions, get stored in the tissues of the body. Yeah. And these emotions, when they create tightness, lactic acid, and eventually turns to dis-ease and then disease. So when we can do this, you're actually healing your body and your mind from the inside out in such a logical and, and really simple way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could tell some of the work that I was doing with the, the partners there is um, I do a lot of product creation. I do a lot of connecting, uh, networking. And any thought to creating um, kind of men's groups or uh, discussion groups around this. Um, I personally am, am involved with a men's group right now and kind of doing exactly what you're saying, breathing into the body, feeling where the tightness is, looking for uh, repressed emotions and fears that, that may be there. Any thought of having that be a part of the program for those who need it? Well, I love it. We actually are starting a, a weekly meditation. Yes. And uh, yeah, so at Food Forest Abundance, we're on Telegram and other places. Uh, but on Telegram, we're going to probably start this meditation um, process. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's profound. And by the way, anybody can do this sitting anywhere. You can be walking. You can be at work. You can be in the car. Just take the deep breaths and feel your insides. Feel where your tightness is. And then ask the question, what is the meaning of this? And what can I do next? And then create the intention. And this is something that is so powerful. When you create an inspired vision for yourself in the future, mm -hmm. and then you imagine yourself in that picture, it's called future pacing. Yeah. Then that picture will be the draw, right? For some people, there's two different motivations. There's pain and pleasure. There's love and fear, right? So when you, um, some people are more motivated by moving away from pain and suffering than they are moving towards love and joy. Right. right. And those people are, are really uh, a lot of the Democrats and some of the rhino Republicans. I, I'd say, <laughs> and I, I don't mean that as an insult or shame by any means, but that's yeah. just my experience. They are controlled by the mainstream media, which is all about fear. Yeah. That's, or maybe yeah. eliminating an addiction. Maybe they, they're in a place of they feel yes. the pain and they just want to get out of that. There and so go. they're driven by that. But yes, I, I hear yes. what you're saying as well. Right. So if you are motivated by moving away from pain, then create an image of yourself and put it behind you. That is your ultimate pain image. Right mm. now, it's very important that you understand 
your timeline, that you understand your timeline, that you can see your future in a, in, in a way that you, that inspires you. And if you look back in your past and you can picture yourself in this negative place, you can move away from your negative and, and then, then also, and this is even more important, is create that compelling picture of yourself. That's why storyboards and vision boards and setting goals can be so important as a catalyst. Now, when you get to a certain point, then I don't need goals anymore because every moment is a new goal. Yeah. Every moment I take a new breath, I have a new intention for the next moment. Let me throw this one at you. I've been working on this one for a little while. And because one of the things that has been a roadblock for me is that in my manifestation process, I get a little impatient and th want it to go a little faster. Obviously, when I look back on the greater timeline, it always works out. But maybe I didn't have the kind of fun or enjoyment of the whole process. So what I've been looking at is is paralleling it to nature and the, the natural rhythm of growing of things growing. It's like, how can we expect things to grow faster than what their natural cycle is? Right. And so I've been, that's kind of been helping me just to find patience and fun and enthusiasm in the process. So I'm like, Oh yeah, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I'm not supposed to be past the budding stage. I'm supposed to be in the budding stage. I'm in anticipation for the blossom. So yeah. that's, been, that's been very rewarding to just kind of, and maybe that's just from getting older and experience and looking back. Um, but I just wanted to share that. Um, oh, that's beautiful. You know, part of, part of this whole process is one of the things that I felt is very important throughout my life is having some sort of creed or motto that I, run my life by and for me i've kind of created a pun um because obviously i'm into martial arts so and i'm into chicken so i created chi ken do the way of the funky chicken translates <laughs> to chi energy ken willingly and do be energy willingly wow. and so that's kind of a fun thing for me it's fun because i work with chickens and it's it's about martial arts and it's something that i can get excited about and think like oh yeah i'm the master of my own reality chicken do you know practicing the art of the funky chicken and having fun and so can you speak to that can you just riff on that as far as you know creating fun in your life well fun is the like joseph campbell said follow your bliss and mm. truer words have never been spoken so the emotions are my compass if i feel anything other than forward thinking and joyful and loving and serving and just all this wonderful emotions then i know that i've got something going on so yeah. i pay attention to that and i'm also vigilant about the words that i choose Right? Yeah. And, and by the way, this word choice is almost always misused because everybody always does the best that they can based on what they understand and believe to be true and based on what's in them, right? How they're the consciousness level. So the word choice is often misused because people often don't have a choice. Now, that doesn't say that that's okay what they do and what they do is harmful. That's when that's why sometimes they get thrown in jail or they get punished <laughs> for choices that are unethical and, and painful and destructive. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so back to this checking your compass. 
how yeah. do you feel? The feeling is the ultimate guide. If you feel joyful and inspired, and in, you used the word enthusiasm earlier, enthusiasm is in feel to be in with source or with God, right? Yeah. And that word is so misused and everybody's got a different opinion of that. But what is the feeling when you're completely conscious and centered? That's enthusiasm. That's inspired or in spirit. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I just, hey, one of the other things that I relate to you about is that uh, I was a wrestler, you know, I was a pretty good wrestler in high school and didn't thought about, you know, going on to college. Um, but do you have any stories you you want to share about uh, your experiences as a wrestler? I know I just would get a kick out yeah. of that. And yeah, so a, a couple. One um, is uh, my, my senior year, I was rated first in state all year. And um, actually, it was my junior year. Um, I, and I wrestled a guy named Jerry Martin. He, he was born on the same day, Christmas Eve as me, 1969. And I had wrestled him five times and I had beat him five times and state finals comes and he beats me. Mm. And yeah, it was a, such a traumatic experience because I was supposed to win state and it was, you know, and, and every, my parents were involved. Everybody was so hyper and involved about it. Next day in the paper, biggest upset in state, Martin beats Gale. Wow. That created about a two year period of not knowing what to do next. The next year I completely failed. The year after that, I pretty much failed. And then I wrote my goals again and I swept that. So Jim, sorry, yeah. you, so after that state loss, you went through a period of kind of like not being at the same level you were, it kind of like was getting to your head. Yes. I went through a period of, um, suffering basically mm. because i was so attached to the results okay. instead of just living in the moment by the experience and then i created the goals again and then from there on i was i actually was a four-time all-american and national champ inducted into the hall of fame the part that i was most kind of proud about is as a freshman in college in the ncaa's i was nominated captain of my wrestling team yeah. And it's because after I had written my goals and this was a big deal because I, you know, I was a partier and I was kind of lost. I didn't know which way was I was going when I wrote my goals on a Sunday night, the person that left the wrestling room on a Friday afternoon and the person who came back on a Monday morning was a different person because yeah. now I had a compelling vision for my future. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I really like that. I mean, I just, you know, just, I just know how difficult a sport is and how dedicated you have to be and, and what a, what an individual, you know, as compared to other sports, you know, you really have to push your, your own limits. And um, yeah, I really, really uh, appreciate that. Wow, Jim, thank you so much for uh, your time today and your wisdom. I really do see you as someone I look up to, uh, I'm, uh, a master in this world that I can model myself after. And um, yeah, I just, it's just, I can't say how much, how much I appreciate what you're putting out into the world and how much it's guiding me. And I believe that it's helping others. So thank you so much for being a, a model to others and, and following your passion and having fun and not just, you know, going through the motions and being happy with, with money or whatever it is, you, you decided to go a little further. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's not about the money, but money's not a bad thing. Money's just sure. a store of energy, right? It's a store yeah. of value. And when we use our money regeneratively and wisely, it's a wonderful thing. 
Um, so thank you, Christopher. It's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, working with you in whatever way inspires you and or anybody listening. Yeah. So foodforestabundance.com. Any other at, at Food Forest Abundance on Instagram? What are the best places? Yeah, probably. I'd say foodforestabundance.com can get you the start. You can get uh, sign up for our newsletter. We have a lot of tips and tricks on how to grow food and techniques and uh, a wonderful network of people. If you'd like to be involved as a designer or a cooperative, please do reach out because we are positioned to solve the world's greatest problems. And it's a very lucrative business model as well. You can make 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a month just as a single cooperative and it's scalable. So you can have multiple crews if you, if that's what your business heart desires. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jim. Have a great day. You too, buddy. Ciao.